everyone, and welcome back to The Violet Vulture, or simply welcome if you're new here. A quick little recap from the trailer I posted last week. This is a little different. This format, this episode, the focus, the mirror is my new bonus mini-series that acts as a vessel for how I personally review and refuse to rate horror movies. You will find no one or four star reviews here because I stand by horror not being something you could whittle down to some uniform scale. Each one is a spooky snowflake that ought to be judged on its own merits. The mirror will be shorter episodes that will be spoiler free, so think of them as a spooky little amuse bouche for the discerning ghouls. I'll give you just enough to get an idea of what awaits you when you press play on your smart TV, but not so much that it pulls away from your viewing experience. And then I'll give you a little flavor profile and wrap up each episode with who I think would most enjoy the particular film. I'm currently planning on doing this as often as I'd like. Uh, if you do have any thoughts, requests, recommendations for what to watch or review next, please leave a comment or a voice memo on Spotify, shoot me a DM or email, pretty, pretty easy to get a hold of. Today, we will be covering Skinnamarink. Skinnamarink technically came out in 2022, but has seen a larger release in, in this early 2023. So was available to a handful of theaters, very beginning of the year, and then at a time of recording as well as time that the episode will be aired. The film is now available for you to watch on Shutter. So Skinnamarink is one that both gave me what I expected, but it still managed to keep me on my toes. It comes from the mind of Canadian writer-director Kyle Edward Ball. Some may say that you need to watch his short films that he was putting out on YouTube as a way of drumming up interest in his work before going in to see Skinnamarink. My husband and I did do so, and it led to some split results, which I'll get into in a moment. Uh, Hack is the film that is explicitly stated as the one to watch if you're going to pick just a single short film. It does clock in at a little under 30 minutes, so it could be really easy to just tack on before you you press play. I do think that Heck walked so Skinnamarink could run. I do think that Skinnamarink is a stronger film overall. Seeing Heck could shift your expectations, though, as I found that it allowed me to enjoy it more because I had a base for like, okay, that's what you were able to do with like no money. What happens when you do have kind of a higher production value versus I know my husband felt like it kind of set up a different kind of expectation because heck was pitched as one thing and we watched it and we we're like, eh, it's fine. It's not great. But we both came out of it really impressed with Skinnamarink. So that is my kind of like word, like a bit of caution before uh, watching it. If you're so inclined, it could end up pushing you one way or the other. But yeah, for me, it helped to see how much more fleshed out Skinnamarink is in comparison, a more rounded out story 
it did scare me several more times. Like, heck, didn't quite have that same impact for me as a viewer. Also, Skin and Marink is set in 1995. So there are a lot of elements throughout that trigger this type of nostalgia that comes from witnessing the absence of certain technology, kind of the absence of other stimuli. So this actually, in my in my view, makes it even more effective for being upsetting or very visceral for millennials or some uh, Gen Xers as well. As my husband aptly said, it was like someone made a movie of his very specific childhood nightmares. And while that wasn't necessarily me as a kid, I can absolutely see that and how they create that sense of dread and foreboding. You know, this one, you know, as I alluded to with like how much this could be for millennials, for the Gen Xers. You know, this one is so polarizing, which is not uncommon in horror, but you really picked up on it when we left the movie theater in particular, because it's as though we were coming out of different movies that some people said it's easily going to be in their top horror films of 2023. Some people said that they're like borderline falling asleep. They're like, it's a waste of time. Like, what even was that? You know, which leads me into who I do think that it is good for. And I will also kind of provide a counter to round it out for who I think may not find this quite as enjoyable of a film. I think this one is good for people who are highly imaginative, that love that being kind of wrestled out of them in a film, not forced out, but like teased out slowly over time. Because again, this movie is taking place predominantly in the dark. <laughs> there, there are these kind of like shocking, contrasting moments of light, of kind of shifting the scene a little bit. It is going to take place entirely in one setting. So there is a lot of that letting your mind slowly insert things that kind of the implication of horror versus terribly explicit is one that I think is aligned for people where it's either going to really give them what they want or it may not hit the mark for them. I think this one is good for people who are unsettled by that trick of the light, see things in the corners of their eyes and like to lean into that prickle in the back of your neck feeling. I think this one is good for those that do like a touch of nostalgia, but they want to package them differently than what has been done more recently in, in film and in TV series, etc. It's not quite like here's product placement or, you know, name drop, needle drop, so on and so forth. It's like the, the little things that you know that you would have seen when you were a kid that you just haven't thought of in forever. That kind of nostalgia. This one is good for those that do like atmospheric horror films and aren't necessarily looking for a very quick payoff. This is definitely one for those that want to be left with that uneasiness long after the movie is over because it, it will given how immersive it could end up being for you as a viewer, that is not a feeling you can easily shake off. <laughs> so I think there is that 
that opportunity within Skinner Inc. to have it kind of follow you home in a sense. For for those that who might not like it, you might not like it if you're looking for something lower investment because this is a slower paced horror film. So that could be something of a boner killer for people. This might not be for you if you do know that you prefer more exposition. You want things to kind of like keep up, keep up and keep moving along. You might not like this if high tension things that involve children, like kids and horror, just makes you too stressed out. This is one that I wouldn't have thought of maybe like some years back into my like horror watching journey, but having a nephew that I have been very actively like a part of his life, he, it's not too far away, like him being a preteen teenager. So a lot of the things that were going on, I think triggered something in me were very activating because I was responsible for a human at varying points in my life. So I think it could end up being a little bit too much for some parents that find this to set them off a little bit too much. If you have kind of, if that really isn't something for you, if you're able to kind of maintain that separation, it could still be fine. But I think that is one to to note. And, you know, if you do like a lot of plot, like, again, these things will be spoon fed to you. And if you don't like feeling immersed in in a film, if you want kind of more of that, I am a viewer and you are, etc. There are those moments that kind of play with that, where how it's shot, how it plays with perspective, like how it's lit, has the ability to make you feel like you're in the room and you're in the action. And that can be disorienting. It's kind of the divide between those that like a haunted house versus those that are like, absolutely not. Why would I be chased around with a chainsaw? So it, in my mind, it kind of feels like that. There, This will be for people who love that immersive kind of feeling. It will be a total turnoff to those that don't care for that. And if I could wrap this up here and assign a flavor profile to Skinamarink. It's like a cup of Lapsang Suchong tea. It is dark, literally. It's it's a black tea. And this film is almost entirely in the dark, with these moments contrasted by the, sk- the severity of that Skinamarink playing. Skinamarink is the name of the thing that's playing on the TV. You will either find the aroma of lapsang off-putting or deeply intriguing. It will either feel nuanced or and you can pick up on these like different notes and sensations as your palate begins letting the tea kind of work its way through your body. You know, if you're extra sensitive, this one could be so so charging. So energizing, it can leave you so stimulated, aware of so many sounds, idiosyncrasies in your environment, but maybe even a touch paranoid. Lapsang and Skinamarink are not for the faint of heart, but for those it is for, you'll have quite the sensorial ride. And that is my quick rundown set of recommendations or like anti-recommendations, <laughs> like who is this good for, who isn't it good for? 
and you know a little bit of a flavor breakdown of like the elements of what I think can be boiled down to for skin and So thank you for tuning in to The Mirror. Please let me know how you felt about this. If you have seen Skin and and you liked it or if you didn't, please let me know. I love to hear either way. And if you do have any ideas, thoughts, requests for what to watch or review in the future, please let me know. You know where to find me. But that's all for today, friends. Thank you for tuning in to The Violet Vulture. Bye for now. Stay spooky.